Welcome to episode 54 of Near Death Dolls. I'm Paige. And I'm Lisa. And we are your hosties with the mosties. While talking about ghosties. And other nasty little lies. Aw shit, you can't handle the truth. And neither can the polygraph. Which Paige will be telling us about today. Yeah. Yeah, I will. (laughs) (laughs) I can't handle the truth myself, but yeah. So we're going to need some truth serum. Lisa, what serum are you drinking tonight? I am going to be having, or have already been having, let's rephrase that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a sour smoothie. It's called Mega Berries with a Z, Puff Tart, and it's raspberry, blackberry, blueberry, vanilla sour ale with milk sugar and i've had this before a long time ago and i found one in the back of my my little beer fridge i was like that sounds like a nice little treat to go with this episode you have a beer fridge i i do is it a mini fridge like a dorm it's uh like three feet tall maybe a little taller it's um okay so we got it literally to put a keg in for when we brew beer because you have to keep it at a certain temperature so Oh. It's really a beer fridge, but right now we're not brewing anything, so we keep all our like cans of whatever beer we're drinking at the time. So, yes, it is a double duty beer fridge. So you used to brew? Oh yeah, we we don't do it a lot because it can get pricey and it's time consuming and takes up a lot of space. Um, but I'll tell you, when you you home brew your beer, as you're like mixing all the stuff in the vat, it smells like baking bread because of the yeast. Ooh. And we had Girl Scouts come to our door selling stuff, and they're like, "Are you baking bread?" We're like, "No, we're making beer." <laughs> the mom's like, "Let me know when it's ready, okay?" Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're like, "We'll do a trade: cookies mm-hmm. for homemade beer." <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that's a good trade <laughs> for real. So Paige, what are you drinking? What is your, was it called Veritas Serum? Veritas Serum? What is the one in Harry Potter? The Truth Serum? I think you said it right. They never, did they ever say it in the movie? I've only seen it written out, I think. Maybe Snape said it. But anyway, yeah, I think you got it right. Veritas Serum. (laughs) Yeah, Veritas Serum. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, my Veritas Serum, Veritas Serum tonight is a Jose Cuervo margarita mix. The same one I've been having. Oh, so you're going two rounds with Jose Cuervo margarita. Hell, he, he knows how to treat me right. Okay. He's going to make sure I tell no lies tonight. No lies. Okay. Well, I am thrilled to be learning about the polygraph. So, uh, lay it on me. Oh, me too, man. I know in a few episodes, at least a few, we've talked about polygraphs and just kind of mm-hmm. offhandedly mentioned that they're not very accurate. They are somewhat of a pseudoscience, are they not? That's, yes, that's what I have learned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I had to learn that. I remember when we did our episode on the Grime Sisters, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm so surprised they didn't let the polygraph into the courtroom like they didn't let the results of the polygraph into the courtroom and I didn't understand why now I do and we're gonna dive in okay let's do it I'm ready I'm excited to learn it's exciting it's kind of a fun story so let's let's get into (laughs) it um first I want to acknowledge one of my sources um and I want to say here and now if I haven't said it before I usually use several sources so if I mention one it's like 
the biggest source and then I dig mm-hmm. down deeper to make sure that it's accurate. Yeah, yeah. I got you there. Okay, cool. Because I don't think I've ever said that before. And I'm like, I wonder if people think I'm just over here watching YouTube and then spewing out stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we both do that where we'll 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 get the basic story down and then we'll go back and kind of fact check and see if it's right or not based on other yes. sources. Yeah, definitely. I get you there. Oh, yeah. That's the mm-hmm. way to do it, isn't it? <laughs> it just I makes mean, it easier. That's probably the best way to do it <laughs> because yes. it's really hard sometimes getting information knowing that it's 100% accurate and you just kind of have to go with what everyone else is kind of saying. So. Oh, yeah. That's tough. This one was mm-hmm. nice. This one was nice. I think it's well documented what uh, led to the polygraphs invention and shit like that. So I, it was an easy research week, but yeah, we'll see. So <laughs> one of my sources was... A channel I'd never watched before on YouTube. It's called Alyssa Nicole True Crime. So it's just this girl named Alyssa. She gets in front of the camera. She's very knowledgeable, very Mm -hmm. factual, and she tells stories, like true stories. Mm -hmm. So it's very good. And this one's called Why Lie Detectors Tell No Truths. Ooh. Interesting. Very interesting. So I would say go watch her. She's got some really good videos. Shout out to Alyssa Nicole. So anyway, Lisa. Yo. I'm pretty sure you've seen a polygraph on TV, right? I have. uh, They have like the paper feed and the little uh, wiggler with the the ink on the end and it scratches a back and forth pattern depending on if they're quote unquote lying or not. Am I I right there? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. Oh, except the needle. It's a needle needle. that goes back and forth. I didn't know it was a needle. A wiggler. (laughs) A wiggler. (laughs) I like that that a wiggler? Yeah. That's much better. (laughs) Okay. Needle. All right. Yeah. The needle. uh, Yeah. And it, it, uh, is it hooked up to the person and, you know, testing all their vital signs and shit. So I feel like everybody's seen a polygraph on TV. And we're actually going to be talking about that later on in the episode, how the polygraph is just plastered into all these criminal justice type TV shows. Yeah. As kind of propaganda, but we'll see. Mm. (laughs) So what we're going to be talking about first, though, is the history of the polygraph, who invented it, and why it's not reliable. All right. And in fact, you mentioned it's kind of a pseudoscience. You're absolutely right about that. The polygraph is not all that much better than the medieval ways of detecting lies. Wasn't that torture? <laughs> kind of. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. And it's, it's just as inconclusive as those tests because, like... For, you remember our Shoemaker of Breslau episode where we were talking about medieval towns and their superstitions mm-hmm. about vampires and things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that book, I didn't really mention it in the episode, but in that book, they mentioned, and I talked about water in our episode, they mentioned that if they think someone's lying, they'll tie them up in a sack, throw them into the water, and if they float... It's because the water's rejecting them, which means they're of the devil. And of course, that also means they're lying. Right. I feel like they did that with witches too, right? Yeah. Witches, vampires, murderers, whoever they didn't like. They're like, let's see if the water doesn't like them too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And most people float in water. That's just what happens. Yeah. Yeah. We're all of the devil. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Some more than others. (laughs) But... So that's the medieval, that's the medieval sense. That was in 11th century European courts where they would like 
throw people into water and touch them with burning irons and things like that. And it's like, oh, that burned you. You must be lying. Like, no, no, no. (laughs) That's just science. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But this is the invention of the modern polygraph. So in 1921, the polygraph was put together by a man named John Larson. Okay, John Larson. John Larson was a police officer with a PhD in physiology. Oh, wow. I don't know a lot of police officers with PhDs. I don't either, and I'm not really sure if... I don't know. Anyway, he he was getting his PhD in physiology and moonlighting at uh, the police station. That yeah. makes more sense. Okay. So that's how this whole thing came about. Is he was doing both. Dr. Now, Cop. Dr. Cop. I would watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> like with a Benedict Cumberbatch playing Dr. Cop. <laughs> I like it. I could totally see that. I'm down. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think John was that handsome. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'll Cumberbitch all over that. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Fuck Yeah. <laughs> But John, so John was a student at UC Berkeley out here in California studying physiology. And I looked this up just to be sure. Physiology is the branch of biology that deals with the normal functions of living organisms. Correct. According to WebMD, that's what it means. (laughs) But um, so that means like sweating, heart rate, things like that. Now, John moonlighted at the Berkeley Police Department, like I mentioned, and he was encouraged by the police chief to try and modernize the force and, like, change things up. Okay, cool, cool. So one thing that John wanted to change was the interrogation process. He witnessed cops roughing up or beating up suspects in order to get them to confess. Mm, Yeah, that's not a good tactic. It's, It's not. It is not. John found it barbaric, but also ineffectual because it inspired false confessions. It's like, I will say whatever you need me to say to get you to stop beating me up. Right, and we see that even to this day. Yeah, even if it's just like heavy pressure and not necessarily a punch in the face. Sure, like you can be swearing at somebody or not letting them use the bathroom or withholding. Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of things that you could still do today that have intimidation to them that aren't physical and aren't ethical. Yes, exactly. That's a very good point. It's like, Polygraph hasn't done anything to stop beating up suspects in different ways, but (laughs) (laughs) that's what he wanted. That's what he decided. So he suggested that instead they use a machine because a machine is impartial. It's not going to beat you up. It's just going to say whether the suspect is lying or telling the truth. I mean, sounds great. I mean, in theory, (laughs) sure. Right. If it worked and it was wonderful. Yes. But anyway, so... Thinking on this, he combined two different instruments that had already been invented. He didn't invent these, but he combined a blood pressure and a breathing mm, apparatus that would measure those things in the Mm -hmm. same machine. And he mushed them together. He mushed them together. Exactly. Beautiful. Like I said, he didn't invent those two things. Those had been invented by other people trying to detect lies. He was the one that put them together. And the person who invented the blood pressure measuring tool, that man was named William Marston. That was in the early 1900s. He called it the deception test. I know, right? That's a a little more cool than lie detector, but... Now, he used it to interrogate German prisoners of war after World War I. All right, okay. Got a little, little test subjects. And it measured their blood pressure. 
Now, the reason I'm mentioning him is that he actually plays a big part in the, the story here later on. So remember that name, William Marston. Writing it down. Mental note. Uh, but also, I think everybody should know, just for context, that William Marston also went on to create Wonder Woman. What? Completely different type of work, but there it is. The character? Like, the was it a comic? Yeah, yeah. He created the character, the comic, the concept, and he gave her um, the lasso of truth because he oh, liked... Oh, shut up! Yes. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. <laughs> if only a lasso of truth existed instead of the lie detector test. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a movie that I haven't seen about William Marston, him and his wife apparently had a girlfriend together and she was the inspiration for Wonder Woman. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Maybe I will. Is it Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman? I think so. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Have you seen it? No, but I just googled uh, Professor Marston and Wonder Woman or I put in uh, William Marston and Wonder Wonder Woman and that's what came up. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's got the guy in it who was in The Hobbit as the bard. And he played Dracula in one dude, of those you, dude, you Dracula movies. I, I don't do I don't do the Hobbitses. You don't. You I, don't do the Hobbitses. I, I don't do Lord of the Rings. I've never seen any of the Hobbit movies, but I, I don't do Lord of the Rings. I just I can't. I'm shutting this down right now. <laughs> <laughs> Half our audience is like, okay, bye. <laughs> no, that's your that's totally your choice. I completely support you. But Thank I you. don't get it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's okay. We're all allowed to like different things, aren't we? We totally are. And you know what? You can appreciate these. He's hot without having to watch the movie. I can definitely appreciate a good hotness. He's a decent looking feller. Mm, he looks great in The Hobbit. But any hoops. <laughs> so <laughs> back to John. John Larson, the guy who created the polygraph. The first time John used his machine for reels not with a test subject, was at UC Berkeley, his university. One of the sorority houses was experiencing a rash of burglaries. Girls would discover that they're missing cash or jewelry or something. Panties. It was a panty raid. A panty raid, I know, right? It was the fraternity. <laughs> it was Animal <laughs> House. But um, in particular, the, I think kind of the, the kicker was that one girl's ring was stolen and it was kind of a nice ring. And that girl's name was Margaret Taylor. She was from San Diego. Shout out to my home where I live right now. But <laughs> the cops suspected it was one of the residents of the house, one of the people who lived in the sorority. Ooh. Yeah, they didn't know which one. And I'm picturing all these cops standing around in the sorority house looking at the 19 and 20 year old girls and being like, well, we can't punch them in the face. How are we supposed to figure this out? <laughs> <laughs> We're not trying to court them. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> we just talked about 1950s housewives, so it's kind of fresh. <laughs> Right. I know, right? If you guys want to hear that, join Near Death Doll Patreon. Just a little shout out. But John comes in with his fancy machine. He gives a big old speech to all these girls who are waiting to be interrogated and says, you know, this machine right here, it's going to detect whether you're lying or telling the truth. So you want to tell the truth. And then he started questioning the girls with this thing. Well, one of them failed the test. No. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's her. It's her. She's the one who did it. Well, her name was Helen Graham, and she was very nervous when he started asking about the burglaries. And of course, that means she's going to fail the test because it only tests if you're nervous or not. Okay. Well, she got upset 
and left the interrogation before he could finish the questioning. Supposedly, she returned another day guilty and confessed to the burglaries. Shut up. She was guilty? Apparently. Apparently. But I watched a few different documentaries about this, and the ones who are all for the polygraph are like, oh, yeah, totally. Helen Graham was guilty. She admitted it. You know, it was her. It was Mm -hmm. her, and he figured it out. What a hero. Okay. And then this other one that I watched that I mentioned as my source, the one from Alyssa Nicole, she was like, hold on now. (laughs) Helen Graham stated later that the only reason she confessed was because John and the cops were submitting her to the lie detector test so many times that she was just sick of it and it produced a false confession. Oh, okay. Well, did she return the ring if she had it? They never got the ring back. She, Helen Graham, eventually just paid for a replacement ring out of her own pocket. So it could have been that she stole the ring, sold it, and then was like, well, I don't have it. I'm not guilty. Who knows? Who knows Mm -hmm. what actually happened? And in fact, there's another story that says that later on, Helen Graham wrote a letter to John and said, thank you so much. You helped me come clean. And it's like, okay, wait, what's true? Did she... (laughs) Did she do it or not? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? She could have been thanking him because she'd been lying that whole time and maybe she was a kleptomaniac and finally able to admit it because of the lie detector test. I don't know. But the story has a strangely happy ending. Okay. John Larson, a year later after this incident, married the girl whose ring had been stolen. Oh, no. Yes. Margaret Taylor from San Diego. He married her a year later. It was such a meet cute. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Uh, what if, no, stay with me here. Mm-hmm. What if he wanted to, like, you know, be with her? Mm-hmm. So he stole the ring just to talk to her. Whole elaborate scheme. And he framed Helen Graham for all of this. Maybe he knew that they didn't like each other. And he's like, all right, this, this is the bitch that took your ring. Boom. Hell yeah. And Margaret's like, that bitch, I knew it. And you're my hero. (laughs) You're my hero, John. Thank you for inventing this machine that's going to go on and do such wonderful things. Make me Mrs. Larson. (laughs) Oh, and he did. (laughs) did. Okay. (laughs) I'm with you, Lisa. I think it's true. Maybe (laughs) mine's a little far-fetched, but sounds like a lot of things with this polygraph machine are kind of not quite on the up and up. I think you I you could throw any theory at this thing and it might as well stick because anyway, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to hear about why John Larson eventually gets fed up with his own invention. I could see that happening. I'm sure that's happened to a lot of people. I'm sure it has and I'm sure you can kind of see why he wouldn't like the polygraph after a while. So John eventually throughout his life got very dramatic about it and started calling his machine the Frankenstein's monster. Oh. Yes. And he, uh, that makes him Frankenstein. So he's called himself like a genius inventor. And crazy. And crazy. <laughs> it's alive. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lying. Yes. Just like that. <laughs> oh, Mr. Larson. <laughs> yes. So what happened was he got a apprentice of sorts named Leonard Keeler. Okay. In 1939, Leonard Keeler added sweat measurement to the Larson polygraph. Ew, how do you even do that? <laughs> no, right? It, it, yeah, exactly. So now it's three different measurements. It's measuring sweat, breathing, and blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, we're going to talk about it later, but basically it's just measuring how nervous you are. 
when you're okay. talking. Now, at first, they loved working together. They were, mm. you know, uh, Larson was mentoring Keeler. Keeler was very interested in Larson's invention and, of course, you know, gave Larson a big head about it. <laughs> and unfortunately, those good times weren't going to last because they disagreed on how reliable the test was. Okay. Keeler believed, and this is the apprentice, Keeler believed it was 100% effective. Mm -hmm. And he spread the word about it. He told everybody. He put it in newspapers. He's like, polygraph, 100% effective. Buy one today. Bring it home. So he was a very enthusiastic little apprentice. Yes. He loved it more than the, the daddy did. <laughs> I was about to say, that's kind of backwards. You feel like the person who invented it would be like, this is the top of the line, best lie detector, deception defibrillator. <laughs> you know? and, and then the apprentice would yeah. be like, well, I don't know. I could see doing it better. You know, but this <laughs> apparently someone's fanboying over here. Yes. Keeler fanboyed about this invention, and <laughs> the fucking inventor himself was like, okay, calm down. <laughs> it's not that great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, patting his head like, it's okay, little boy. <laughs> calm your peen. Yeah, calm your peen. You don't need to do this that, that enthusiastically. <laughs> There's still a lot of testing to do. Basically, Larson was the more scientific of the two because he was like, it's not ready. I mean, it's, it's still in, you know, we're still testing it. Right. And he also knew... That in science, nothing is 100% effective. Things are going to go wrong, particularly because the polygraph relies on the person reading it. And people are shitbags. <laughs> so yeah. you never know. You know, it's it's unreliable. So he knew it wasn't great. He wished Keeler would shut his mouth. Oh, is he going to shut it for him? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, okay. he's not Wonder Woman. He, if he had a Wonder Woman, he might have sent her to go shut his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the other guy. That's not Larson, but still. Mm. <laughs> now, Larson had learned through testing that since the polygraph had its issues, it was, you know, reliant on person's nerves and the person reading it and people could lie and get away with it and people could tell the truth and be thought to be lying. He, Larson, after he discovered this, he only wanted to use the polygraph for psychological research on mm -hmm. people's physiology because he knew it wouldn't help with actual interrogations. Right. So that, that's admirable there. Yeah. I think Larson, once he realized what his machine was, he was kind of like trying to step it back. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was kind of too late. Keeler already got it out there. Now, Keeler, on the other hand, wanted the polygraph to be in every school, workplace, police department, government agency, wherever he could get it. I'm thinking about like an elementary school, like... Now, Bobby, did you take little Sarah's lunch? <laughs> no, Miss Adams, I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, well, Timmy or whoever I said you were. <laughs> the test says otherwise. Right? <laughs> You're sweating way too much. You are sweating. <laughs> we were just at recess. <laughs> You're a liar, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume that's what Keeler wanted, but... Yeah, so that's what Keeler did. He started selling the polygraph to companies like Walgreens, for instance. No. Mm -hmm. So Walgreens wanted to test their employees, one, in the interview to make sure they were a good employee to hire. And then two, they wanted to test their employees that already worked there to make sure they weren't stealing. <clears throat> okay, I can see the stealing one, maybe. 
Maybe, but like everyone lies a little on the resume. Just the oh yeah, and aren't we all nervous in an interview, a oh, job God, interview? Yes. Oh yeah, I would be sweating up a fucking storm whether I'm telling the truth or not. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> two, three shirts sometimes, so I can oh, yeah. sweat through. <laughs> Put some tissues in there. Oh yeah, yeah, pad it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Keeler also started thinking like, oh, people could buy this for their homes. So he wrote articles in Reader's Digest saying, do you think your husband or wife is cheating on you? Buy a lie detector test and ask them. That's a little, well, then again, there were, there's a couple times where some exes were a cheat and it would have been nice to know a little earlier on. If the polygraph actually worked, Keeler, I would say, yes, absolutely get this in every home, but it doesn't. That's the problem. Okay, I know lying is bad, but I feel like it takes away a little bit of like, I don't know, free will is the right word, but it takes away a little bit of freedom, the opportunity to choose. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, freedom of speech. <laughs> maybe, but like when, you know, your your wife says, does my butt look big in this? And you're thinking, yes, but I want to hurt her feelings. And your heart rate goes through the roof because you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> Perspiring a little too much, dear. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't necessarily want the lie detector test everywhere, but it wouldn't have been so bad for Keeler to be pushing it in everyone's faces if it were. It's more like a snake oil salesman at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, Larson obviously didn't like any of that. One, fucking Keeler was being a showboat, and I think Larson's a little bit more under, you know, he doesn't like to bring attention to things. He's scientific about it. And it sounds like he's modest, and he knows what his machine can and probably can't do, so... Yeah, yeah, and it, at this point, I believe that the patent had already run out. Like, he, he didn't have control of his machine anymore. Now Keeler oh. had control. Oh, so he couldn't, how did yeah, that happen? He, I think it's because he probably, when they were still friends and working together, that he was probably like, you know, you're the next generation, you're going to be taking over. Mm-hmm. He probably signed something to give Keeler control. And then I think... now. I don't know for sure, but I think that if Keeler hadn't come on board and if Larson had kept the polygraph to himself a little bit more, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as widely used as it is today. Oh, okay. Now let's see why the polygraph test isn't admissible in court. Tell me, Paige. Lay it on me. Girl, I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this is, and, and like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is what we were talking about in our Grime Sister episode and that it couldn't be admissible in court, and Mm -hmm. why I wanted to learn more about polygraph tests. It's all down to a little something called Fry versus United States. Ooh, okay. Heck yeah, 1923. So if you'll remember, the polygraph that John Larson created was in 1921. Mm -hmm. This wasn't that long later. Keeler hasn't entered the scene yet. We're kind of going back in time. So in 1923... uh, no, let's, let's, 1921, James Alfonso Fry was arrested for armed robbery. During this time, he confessed to a much worse crime, namely murder of a physician. Ooh. Yee. <laughs> Should have stuck to armed robbery, buddy. <laughs> no kidding. Now, James Fry recanted this confession shortly thereafter. And he claimed that the only reason he confessed was because he got some bad advice from a friend. Probably not a lawyer friend, that's for sure. It's not a good friend for him. Mm. (laughs) His friend told him that he would be getting part of the reward money if he confessed to the murder. Oh, okay. I don't think that's how that works. I don't think so either. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he no, he did not get the reward money. And once he realized that wasn't coming, he's like, no, 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 that wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't touch the guy. It was the one-armed man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Now, most of the things I read said that they're pretty sure Fry did commit the murder, but that he was like, oh, no, no, I don't want to confess to that anymore. Like he tried to walk it back. He wasn't actually innocent, but I don't know for sure because I wasn't there. So anyway, the police, once he realized and was trying to walk it back, the police gave him the deception test. The deception defibrillator. Yeah. That's what I want to call it. I like alliteration. That sounds a little bit more fun than deception test. I agree. And that was by William Marston, our Wonder Woman friend. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, the deception test was already old news by this time, because in 1921, the polygraph had been invented, which had William Marston's invention of uh, measuring blood pressure plus... Uh, something to measure breathing. So they're giving him an outdated lie detector test. Mm-hmm. And Fry passed. He had low blood pressure. He wasn't nervous. <laughs> okay. He had low blood pressure. <laughs> or whatever. You know, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't sitting there sweating like, oh, shit. Oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is going to be bad for me, you know. <laughs> now, William Marston, who actually administered the test, was so confident in his own machine that he wholeheartedly believed Fry was innocent of Mm -hmm. murder. Marston, thinking that Fry was innocent, tried very hard to get the deception test results admitted into court in order to prove Fry's innocence. And of course, Fry was like, yeah, (laughs) that sounds good. (laughs) Right? A machine said I didn't do it? Okay. Exactly. He's like, I won. (laughs) But the judge... Once he was explained what the test was, what the results were, he said, no, 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 no. That's not admissible in my court. Okay, so this is the first judge to say, no, that's not cool. Yes, yes. And I also believe this is the first case that attempted to get lie detector results into Mm. the court. Okay. The judge was like, I don't know enough about this. It's a new science let's wait until it's a little more established i'm a fan of that yeah i think that's totally fair (laughs) now he he did allow something though he said that the defense could talk about the test results and kind of explain it a little bit but the jury was to remain you know impartial that's the thing i always hate when in, in court they're like you know the the jury will ignore that statement no the jury already heard it they're still gonna be using that they may not admit that they're going to use it, but they're going to use it because they've heard it. You cannot take that back. You can't unhear something. Exactly. Exactly. You just can't bring it up again. I know. I think that every single time I'm like, if I was in that jury room, I would be like, well, that person said that thing. No, and I can't unforget. In fact, it gets burned into your memory more. Because you're told not like, to use it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might have forgotten otherwise. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was basically kind of allowed. They talked about it, but it wasn't allowed as like, you know, hardcore evidence. Yeah. I guess they could be like, here's how the thing works. Here's how it also doesn't work. Here's what it actually reads. So keep that yes. in mind. Like maybe you can come to your own conclusions, but look at what the science is behind it. And then mm-hmm. in your head, say, is it logical to use this information or not based on how we got it? Exactly. I That's how I picture it as well. They didn't bring William Marston in to discuss his mission. You know, it was all like the defense could mention it briefly. That's it. The jury found Fry guilty of second degree murder, not first degree. And it's thought because of the deception test that they did second degree. Fry 
Well, Fry is still guilty, so he's upset. And he appealed the case, thinking he could take it, you know, up a level, go over that judge's head. But he lost. Again, he lost twice. And this set the standard for years, up until now, to not allow the lie detector test results into a court of law because it's just not reliable enough. Can they still mention, you know, they did take a, a polygraph test and they did not do well, wink, wink, or can they not even talk about it at all? Do you, do you happen I to know? I do believe, I believe, I don't know for sure, but I believe they're not even allowed to mention it anymore. Okay. That's just kind of, I mean, those are some interesting stories that I did not know about the polygraph test, about how it was invented, about how it made sure that up until now, there's no way it's admissible in court. Now, in summary, why is the polygraph not good science? Tell me, why is it not good science, Paige? Lisa, I am so glad you asked. (laughs) It's only based on whether or not the person being interrogated is nervous. And I know I've mentioned that a few times already. Mm -hmm. If the suspect is cool as a cucumber and knows that the test only measures levels of stress, they can pass that shit with flying colors if they're able to keep their cool. I know you'll probably talk about it more like in pop culture and stuff and movies and TV shows. Um, I remember this one episode, there was this episode of The Shield with Michael Chiklis from like way back. And, oh my god, good times. Oh, so, such a good show. And uh, like this group of cops, like dirty cop detectives or whatever, they, they did commit a crime and they're like, okay, we're gonna have to take a lie detector test and here's how we're gonna have to beat it. They're like, okay, when they say, you know, did you commit this crime? Think mm-hmm. something else. That they, pretend they're asking a different question where your answer will be not guilty, you know? Like, yeah. did you commit this crime? Saying, did you eat pancakes this morning? Oh, no, I didn't no. eat pancakes this morning. And, <laughs> and, and as long as you hear your question and not their question, you, you can pass. Now, I don't know if that's how, really how it will work. You have to be really, really cool about everything. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great tactic, but knowing myself, if I was in that situation, just the attempt of trying to replace one question with another. I'd be nervous already. <laughs> right. And that's what I, that, that's the only thing I can think about is like, even if I would were innocent and I was sitting there with a fucking thing all hooked up to me, I'd be so nervous. I would probably fail that fucking thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, I can't, number one, I cannot lie. I get, I get the giggles so bad (laughs) so like there's no way anyway that i would pass but unless i was telling the truth which i would hope whatever situation i am in i'm telling the truth yeah i would hope i don't know because i've never been interrogated by police but if they're asking me about something that i know for sure i did not do and i'm very passionate about like if god forbid somebody murdered sam and they were asking me about it i'd be like no, I didn't fucking do it. Go out there and find who did. You know, maybe I would pass that one. I don't know. I think it, it does depend on passion. Like if I'm passionately honest, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I don't know. I really I've seen some know. people that were very passionate about things and they definitely were guilty. True. That's a very good point. I don't know. I do not know. That's the problem is that <laughs> this thing doesn't work anyway. <laughs> so it's, it's bullshit. Well, Now, all the videos I watched, both in favor and against the polygraph and all the information I read up on, both things, the positive and the negative, said very bluntly that it only works if the suspect believes it works and confesses it. Like, so if the, if the, like in that first case with, what was her name? Helen? Mm -hmm. Helen. Yeah. Helen Graham. 
supposedly, if we can take it at face value, Helen Graham was guilty. She was nervous because John gave his big old speech like, my machine works. It'll tell me if you're lying or not. And she got nervous and confessed. So it almost has like a placebo effect. Yes, exactly. It only works in the placebo sense. If the Mm -hmm. person believes it's going to tell that they're lying, then they're going to be like, okay, well, I give up. I'm going to be lying. The machine will know it. I might as well just tell you guys that I did it. So do you happen to know, and I don't know if you're going to talk about this or not, but um, do you happen to know what it means when it's inconclusive? I believe that. uh, Now, I don't know for sure, but I would believe that would be more like... um, Like getting mixed uh, readings or something? Yes, exactly. Getting mixed readings because in a lot of cases they ask control questions like what's your name? How old are you? Questions that you shouldn't, that you should get right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're not going to be lying in those questions. And then they compare that results to the questions about the incident in question. Right. And so I'm assuming that it's inconclusive if the control questions are giving you trouble you know (laughs) sure yeah but i don't know for sure it could be different things case by case basis um now here's some trivia bits of information about polygraphs okay that i didn't know and i'm very interested in number one it's a hundred percent legal for a police officer to tell a suspect that they failed the polygraph exam even if they passed in order to get a confession how isn't that fucked up that's a little fucked up Okay, we have seen cases um, where police will lie about something to get a confession, which I can. It depends on which side you're on. If you're like you're a cop and you you know someone's done something, do you remember back to our episode two with Dahlia DiPolito and her hiring someone to murder her husband? Yes. And they came in and they're like, "Yeah, your husband's dead. This is the person who did it." Like, they totally lied to her. I mean, it did not get a confession out of her, but they did lie to her. Yeah, and I'm sure it was 100% legal for them to lie to her. That's not... I, I wouldn't think with something like a test, which even though it's not a very reliable test, you, should, you, know, you shouldn't <laughs> lie about the results of the test, but that's that's nuts. Because I'm like, you're just going to put that person on the defensive. If, if they passed and you said, no, you failed, they're going to be like... I told the truth. Like, what the shit? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I agree with you. It is a case-by-case basis because in that in that episode, when we were talking about that case, it's like, yeah, lie to the bitch. You yeah. <laughs> we were okay stupid. with it because we needed the we needed it. <laughs> yes. I, I assume they wouldn't do it for everything. It would be more like, well, we just want to throw them off their game. Yeah. Maybe they were too cool under pressure on the lie detector, so we know that. We need to try a different tactic. I don't know. But it's 100% legal in that. I don't know. That's just questionable to me. Because like you said, it's supposed to be a scientific test. So clearly they they know it's not. Because they're like, well, we could say whatever we want about the results. You know? Yeah. <laughs> now, we've already mentioned this part. It's about the control questions. This is a new fact. And they call it CQT, control question test. This is used to show the difference between easy questions versus the conflict questions. Oh, I like that. Conflict questions. Hmm. Yeah, so the easy question would be like, what's your name? Now, the conflict questions, they do tend to, even before they start asking about the incident, they start asking conflict questions like that, that relate to the incident. So like, have you ever been attracted to someone besides your spouse? You know, like something that 
would start to make them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. No, never. I know, right? Never. Absolutely. I've never seen a picture of Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) (laughs) My whole world was a blur until he walked into it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My husband, not Cumberbatch. Maybe both. I I don't have good vision. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I met Benedict Cumberbatch before I met Sam in my imagination okay but anyway and now there's two different procedures now there's the control question test that one's been around a long time there's kind of a newer one it's called the gkt guilty knowledge test Ooh, cool yeah exciting (laughs) now this one is a multiple choice series of questions and it only deals with subject matters dealing with the crime at hand okay so, for example, they, they would try to ask him questions that only the killer would know, or whatever, the person of interest would know. Okay, yeah. So, for a robbery, they might ask something like, how much money was stolen? Mm-hmm. A, 200, B, 300, whatever. And the person would have to give answers for that. And, like I said, that that would be leaning towards things that weren't made public. So, it mm-hmm. could even be like, what color was the hair of the victim? Red, brown, black, whatever. Well, I mean, if, if you're given that, something like that, you're going to guess the wrong thing on purpose. If I'd never seen you and they said, well, did, you know, Paige have, or if I had murdered you, did Paige have red hair, blonde hair, or brunette hair? Well, I'm like, well, she had red like me, I think maybe. Uh, right right i mean or you're like you're you would also be like what year are we talking about because Paige has a lot of hair colors <laughs> sometimes it's turquoise what what, what year are we talking here <laughs> but you're right no i don't i i don't understand the guilty knowledge test either because if someone is guilty the polygraph test isn't gonna tell you mm-hmm. for one thing because it's unreliable but it's like you said they could just pick the wrong thing on purpose i don't really understand what the guilty knowledge test does differently and why it's better than the control question test mm-hmm. now also government agencies use the polygraph test on their employees oh okay yeah i have heard that i hadn't i, I thought that was interesting and it said over seventy thousand people a year are submitted to the polygraph just because they work in a government agency so that's a lot of fucking people yeah and like you know that's as an employee that's like are you a spy for russia you know yeah <laughs> you know it's funny my sister uh she went to go work for like um a local chain of restaurants um here in houston they may be other places as well but she um she said she had to go do something like some kind of like lie detector test thing with the company like they're at their corporate headquarters and there was like i don't remember if it was a man or a woman but it was somebody that she had to go sit down with and they were like a human lie detector like they could pick up on your eye dilation and your breathing and i don't know stuff like that and i was like that's nuts what the fuck is mm-hmm. this the mentalist <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> or lie to me and pick mm-hmm. any show you want <laughs> right but that's interesting i never thought about that because that never happened to me and i've had tons of jobs mm-hmm. yeah i don't I'm pretty sure I've never had anyone do that to me either. I would imagine that would cost a lot of money to hire someone or to bring in a lie detector test or something. Yeah. Just to use in an interview. Uh, I think it's because she was actually going to do the, um, like, the money handling side of things for this company. 
So oh, I think they okay. were trying to make okay. sure she was honest. That makes a lot of sense. It's not like for every bus boy. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's when she went to like uh, the money handling yeah. side of things. That makes sense. Yeah. That does that does that does make sense. They probably are like even if the polygraph doesn't work, they're probably like, hopefully we'll scare some people away. <laughs> yeah, maybe if they're a dishonest person, they won't want to, you know, be subjug- su- subjected. Yeah. I'm like, sh- subjugated, subjected to this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might be right. That's interesting. I do have a few more here. It says, in attempts to find a more reliable lie detector test, scientists have studied brain imaging in addition to the polygraph. So, like, while they're giving someone a polygraph test, they also... Um, hook them up to see what the, you know the, I'm sure you've seen it on tv or on documentaries or something where it shows how the brain lights up in different ways while people are talking yes in different parts of their brain mm-hmm. and they're saying that when you lie since you have to be so creative about it even if you've thought of it ahead of time you have to concentrate to remember what you already thought of yeah your your brain lights up differently than if you're just like well yeah that's what happened because mm-hmm. it's true you know you're not trying to invent something true so that has some that has some implications of like maybe we do have a way eventually to tell if someone's actually lying Mm -hmm. we'll see we'll see how that pans out Um, now it's also estimated through several studies that polygraph exams are only accurate around 70 percent of the time and are also reliant on the bias of the examiner of who's looking at the results that is true too because you can have two different examiners you know you know read the results and they'll get two different answers you're right it's definitely based on the bias of the reader or the examiner yes absolutely i didn't write it down but i was looking at a study that said that when they they did a study they they used 10 different polygraph examiners and gave them all like test subjects that were you know schooled ahead of time Mm -hmm. things like that and it turned out that all 10 of them I don't remember the exact percentages of like which one was more accurate than the other ones but it just kind of pointed towards that polygraph examiners are looking for lies more so than they are for truth Mm-hmm. they're just more likely to be like nope that person's lying yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> almost wishful thinking in a way yeah yeah because they want to be the one to catch the bad guy it kind of seems like right yeah and on the other hand if you look at the numbers released by the american polygraph association they say that they're 90 percent accurate oh So, I mean, honestly, it does depend on who you're listening to. There's probably some people out there who think that polygraphs are 100% accurate and, like, we should put them in courts and things like that. I don't think so from the research I've done. I don't think so either. And I've said it before. I feel like a polygraph could be a good tool to use to kind of maybe have you go in a certain direction as a investigator. But I don't think it's, like yes or no lie truth i think if you know the person gets a little nervous around a certain question well maybe that could help guide your investigation that's just my thoughts on on them but i don't think they are like hardcore you know the truth to live by if you will in court absolutely i agree 100 percent with you and i think that's kind of how they're used right now since they're not admissible in court Mm -hmm. um at least in in terms of crime and police interrogations not necessarily like the government agencies and things like that who are Mm -hmm. using them for employees but yeah i mean 
who knows? And we're actually about to get into some information about people who have either wrongly failed the exam or wrongly passed the exam. Hmm. All right. Some famous cases. Oh, yeah. Tell me some famous cases. Yeah. <laughs> first one. The, the, now, these first two that I'm going to talk about are people who have wrongly passed it. Ooh. Okay. The criminals. So, first one. Charles Cullen, a.k.a. Angel of Death. Have you heard of him? Was he a doctor? He was a nurse. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I hadn't really heard of him before I started researching this, but apparently mm-hmm. he confessed to killing at least 40 patients, and once they dug into his background at work as a nurse, they think it's more likely 400 patients that he killed. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, that sounds like a the... lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, he took a lie detector test and passed it. So they, you know, ignored him and he was able to continue killing patients. Don't like that. I know, right? I know. Could be any nurse right now. Not that I love nurses, though. My mom was a nurse. Every nurse I've ever met, I liked better than the doctors, you know? (laughs) So it's hard for me to distrust a nurse. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, (laughs) you know? (laughs) But if the numbers are accurate or even close to accurate, he might be one of the most prolific serial killers that we know of in America. Right. And he was just able to keep going. Not that a polygraph would have stopped him, but it might have Mm -hmm. if he had failed, you know? Yeah. Now, another famous example, this one I know you've heard of, Gary Ridgway. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Green River Killer. Yay. That's right. Maybe one day we'll do a Green River Killer episode. I don't know. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. We have plenty of things to cover. Yes. Yes, we do. (laughs) We will (laughs) never run out of topics. (laughs) I know, right? Thank God. (laughs) We're going to do this another 20 years. (laughs) Lisa's like, oh, God. You should see the face I'm making. I'm like, okay, I can keep writing a book report every other week for the next 20 years. (laughs) Maybe we'll get us for our listeners. We'll get ourselves a research team when we get nice and famous. And rich. Wouldn't that be so nice when I'm listening to podcasts that are like, I'd like to thank my research assistant. I'm like, fuck you and your research assistant. (laughs) (laughs) All power to you. (laughs) I'm really reacting out of jealousy, to be honest. (laughs) But (laughs) same. Yeah. I'm like, oh, where did you find a person to do that for you? (laughs) Right. I I do like research, I promise. But, it you know, it gets taxing. It gets taxing. It can be, yes. Yeah, so the Gary Ridgway issue, he was thought to kill, pretty high number, not 400, but mm-hmm. he was thought to have killed over 70 women. Whew, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a little more believable than 400, but a lot of people. In the 80s and 90s. He had a long career. Yeah. And he was given a polygraph test in 1984 to see if he was the Green River Killer. And he passed. And that made the police, like, move on to other people. He wasn't caught until 2001, and it had nothing to do with the polygraph. It was DNA testing. Mm-hmm. So that's another person that they potentially could have stopped if they had looked at them a little bit deeper than just giving them a polygraph. Right, yeah. That's, like, a little lazy, to be honest. But they A little bit. I'm sure. You know what? Even, like, in the York. Yorkshire Ripper there's Mm -hmm. so many cases where they're just like okay let's get 400 guys and maybe that's a huge number like 30 guys and give them all the polygraph and see who fails and it's like okay that's 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 not gonna work and now so that's three examples of famous people who 
passed the test, or I'm sorry, two examples of famous people who passed the test and shouldn't have. So now we're going to talk about one person who failed the test when he was telling the truth and it kind of ruined his life. So his name is Bill Weegerly. It's a tough name. It looks tougher than it is. It's like W-E-G-E-R-L-E, Weegerly. That's what YouTube said how to pronounce it, so I believe them. Okay, I believe everything you hear on the internet. <laughs> I believe the whole of YouTube at all okay. times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Bill Weegerly in 1986. Why did he have to take a lie detector test? Because his wife got murdered. Oh no. Dun dun dun. Bad news for Bill. Well, in order to see if he had done it or not, the police subjected him to not one, but two polygraph tests. Mm -hmm. And Bill failed both of them. Oh, no. Poor guy. Yes. I mean, no, looking back, because we, at the time, you know, it's like, oh, did he do it then? But, like, looking back, we know that he didn't do it. And I'm about to tell you who actually did it. But for 18 years after he failed those polygraph tests, the police couldn't arrest him. They didn't have any evidence against him. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't find anybody else so it was a cold case okay so he didn't actually get put in jail for his wife's murder but it, uh, it made him look real bad okay. yes yes good clarification there okay. thank you yes he got to go home they had two kids together i believe so he went home he would you know tried to put his family back together and he didn't go to jail but everybody in town knew that he failed those two polygraph Ugh. tests that has to suck being, I mean, even people in general who've never murdered, like someone, someone in your life has called you a liar and you're like, I'm not lying. And it's like the most frustrating thing in the world. There's no way to prove that you're not mm. lying in those instances. Right. And then you bring in something like murder and it's like, I can't prove it, but I didn't do it. Like, yeah. And he's probably really frustrated. Like, why can't you find who actually killed my wife? Don't look at me. I didn't do it. You know? <laughs> yeah. So the poor guy was ostracized by his community for about 18 years oh, him and his kids mm -hmm. i don't know maybe they moved at some point but they were definitely looked down upon now 18 years later after now her name was vicky vicky was his wife mm -hmm. 18 years after vicky got killed the only way that bill's name got cleared amongst the public because of course he wasn't under you know suspicion anymore mm -hmm. couldn't arrest him but was for the real killer to get caught or for at least for the police to know who actually killed her and that's what happened 18 years later oh how, how did that happen like was there dna or like what was going on later there is dna in this test to prove for certain mm -hmm. but at this point 18 years later they don't have dna yet and they haven't caught the guy yet but the guy sent a letter to the police with a picture of Vicky dead. Oh, to show off, to be like, see, I see one of my kills. Oh, that's sick. Mm-hmm. And do you want to know who did it? Who did it? The tension-seeking whore, Dennis Rader. Oh my God, no! I I didn't even put that together. <gasps> I know, I didn't either. When I heard that story, I was like, oh, I don't know who Bill is. What's this story all about? And mm -hmm. it was like, oh shit, Dennis Rader. <laughs> Uh-oh, BTK. Yeah, BTK up in here, killing Vicky, mm -hmm. and Bill getting blamed for it. Poor Bill. Yep. So, the, and yeah, poor Bill. I mean, the only way they figured it out was getting this gross, you know, I'm not saying gross like you don't look at it, but this picture of his wife dead. Yeah. 
lewd, I should say. And, you know, BTK sending it in to brag about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I would know this information if Mindhunter just, like, finished up. (laughs) You're like, hurry up, Mindhunter, come on. You've been leading with this BTK thing for a little while now. (laughs) I know, I was, I loved where it was going, like, the story-wise and how it was all going to end up there. But then they just... Is there supposed to be a season three? Have we heard anything? I've heard uh, in the affirmative that there might be a season three. They'll just have to find a different director. That's been the problem is that the director's too busy. So they might just get a different director. Maybe. I will volunteer. (laughs) I'll do this. I have no experience, but I will do it. You will do wonderful. At least you know BTK. You could at least direct him. (laughs) Okay, be a dick. Perfect. I like I like it. That's your motivation. Be an asshole. Yeah. Be an asshole. Yes. A a, a fascist asshole mm-hmm. who likes rules. Kidding. <laughs> All right, sorry. Back to back to the polygraph. Uh yeah. Yeah, back to Bill. So anyway, the point of that story is that it's not a harmless test. It's it's like, okay, well, the police use it to maybe um screw with suspects' minds and get them to confess if they're lying. Mm-hmm. Or if they're guilty. It's not a harmless test, though, because in that instance, that's almost two decades of this innocent man's life down the toilet because, you know, he's just sitting there trying to raise his family and his wife was murdered and everyone thinks he did it. Always going to hurt somebody, right? It's going to hurt somebody. Yeah. So it's not, it's just not, it's not harmless. It's not like, let's just throw this around at whoever we want Mm -hmm. because it doesn't work anyway. (laughs) There's consequences. One of the problems with the polygraph and the consequences of people believing that it's true and accurate It comes from TV because we see it everywhere. You're watching Forensic Files. You're watching CSI Miami. I don't give a shit. Any of these criminal justice shows, they're all like, let's get them to take a polygraph. And they make it ingrained into our minds that that works and that's going to get. I mean, there might be some episodes out there somewhere that are like, well, it's not really accurate or whatever. I don't know. But I'm just saying it's always there. They, They always bring it up. They're always talking about it. They show people. It's very dramatic. You know, it's good TV, quote unquote, to show them like, uh, sweating and nervous and the line jumping all over the place. They even showed it in Mindhunters. They did. They did. I know Mindhunters is a little bit like, okay, we're telling a real story and that's what really happened. They took a polygraph test. But the the point is, is that media is drilling it into our brains that polygraph is viable. Mm-hmm. And personally, after researching in detail, I think they are bullshit and that they should probably only be used for testing like psychological and physiological test as the inventor intended yeah absolutely because like i said if you do want to use it as a tool when you are interrogating somebody or needing some answers fine go with that but and you're right it could it could really ruin lives if if it got out but i don't know how often it does get out i've never been on a jury where <laughs> where a lie detector test was required i've never been on a jury anyway so yeah i have i guess i have mixed feelings on it like like i said it could be a tool or it could just be crap yeah it's uh well i mean it's out there and it's being used if they could update it maybe include the brain scan that they're working on mm-hmm. it would be very expensive i'm sure to do it more frequently but still if it could just be a little bit more accurate if 70 percent is the best they can do right now and it's based on the bias of the examiner yes why why is there no computer program that reads it instead i mean i guess it could be biased based on whoever programmed it but (laughs) 
Yeah, I guess that's true. It still has a human element to it. Um, now, that's the interesting thing is now they've updated it to the point where it's no longer necessarily a needle jumping around on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It does feed into a computer, but the person reading it still has to interpret the results to mm-hmm. say, well, this means they're lying. Right, okay. Or inconclusive or whatever. Sure, sure. So it's, I don't know, maybe it will get better. But as of right now, I don't know. I don't think it's a great tool um, in terms of, okay, like this is for sure going to tell us who's guilty and who's innocent. Right. So anyway, that's my thoughts. Any, any thoughts, Lisa, any closing remarks? No, I just, you told me so much I had no idea about. I knew they weren't accurate. I didn't realize that they were a little more accurate than I thought they might be at 70%, but, um, but then again, that could be a very skewed statistic there because if it's all based on, who's reading it who came up with a statistic for it yeah that's a good point who's who is 70 percent accurate and who's 30 percent accurate which examiner did they or you know yeah it's a good point 70 percent sounds kind of high it's definitely not up in the 90 percentile you know (laughs) but it is a pseudoscience anyway it's not an exact science it's hard to pinpoint and you've already made a really good point that if it's used to the advantage of the investigation and not the conclusion mm-hmm. of the investigation right that's a ga- that's a game changer you know that is a different story yeah it shouldn't be the judge judy and executioner <laughs> judge judy. <laughs> <laughs> i stole that from hot fuzz <laughs> oh you did awesome do you I remember that, that part he's like <laughs> they're being judge jury and executioner he's like they're not judge judy and executioner <laughs> I love that so much. He was so cute. And he was like, it's a car accident. And he's like, no, no, it's a car collision. Mm. And he's like, oh, write that down. It was so cute. (laughs) Such a good movie. (laughs) Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. (laughs) I can't do a Judge Judy accent. I wish I could. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Like New York? I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question. If anybody knows where Judge Judy is from, let us know. And maybe we can perfect the accent and have Judge Judy on our TikTok one day. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be kind of funny. She's got some great catchphrases. (laughs) (laughs) But anywho, we digress. We've come to the end of the episode of the history of the lie detector. I feel like I can finally breathe and stop lying i'm just kidding yeah yeah we are you're, you're free you're you can tell the truth all you want now <laughs> but yeah that's it thanks for listening guys if you want to see what near death dolls is up to please follow us on instagram at near death dolls podcast tweet us on the twitter at near death dolls we have a new tiktok account come check it out we're having way too much goofy ass fun so just search near death dolls podcast on there to give us a follow and we're on tumblr at neardeathdolls.tumblr.com if you want to help it all out please subscribe and leave us a review that's right and don't forget about our patreon it's a great way to support the show and join our little near death dolls family uh we've got exclusive shows like dolls after dark where we just kind of you know riff and we, we come to the table with the topic we all know what topic each other has and we just talk we just have a good time and we also do movie reviews we do dolls disassemble we break it apart look at it put it back together sometimes things don't fit quite right back no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) but uh hey if you go on to patreon you can search near death dolls podcast you'll find us uh so get in on that action but now my dears we must bid you farewell 
be good little dolls. Until next time. Bye bye. We're watching you. You better tell the truth. <laughs> I know when you're lying. Special thanks to Sam Hears for our art and music. If you'd like to see more from him, check out the links in our show notes.